0: Breaking news from the Athletic. Hey everybody, it's Scott Burnside from the Athletic with NHL breaking news. First day of free agency, and I am joined by my good friend Tarek Al Bashir of the Athletic DC. Tarek, not a particularly well-kept secret, but made official on Friday. Henrik Lundqvist, the king is now a member of the Washington Capitals, signing a one-year deal worth $1.5 million. Um, What do you like about this? And I know it's something that you and I had talked about some time ago, but what do you like about Henrik Lundqvist taking the train from uh, New York City down to join the Capitals?
1: You know, Scotty, it's actually kind of funny. I mean, like you said, it's kind of been an open secret now. For more than a week, everyone was expecting this to happen. Um, I, I, I think on the surface... Uh, It's a it's a very good fit for both the player and for the team. Um, You know the fact that Lundquist was bought out in uh, New York means that he's still collecting money from that previous uh, contract, so he's able to maybe you know take a little less uh, than his market value in Washington. That was very important for the Capitals because they're up against the ceiling and have some other uh, needs they have to address. So um, you know getting getting the King uh, to DC is going to give the Capitals the the insurance that they needed you know because they're going to hand the reins to 23 year old Ilya samsonov but you know he's only got 22 year 22 games of starting experience so they needed someone behind him you know and in checking with my sources one of the reasons that they liked lundquist is he's legendary for his work ethic and for his competitiveness and they hope that's going to rub off on the young goalie and maybe the rest of the room and for for hank i mean it, it's he's 38 years old he, he's got a gold medal He's got a Vezina. He's got five All Star game appearances. He earned like a hundred million dollars in his career. The one thing he doesn't have is a Stanley Cup. And uh, by joining forces with uh, with the Caps, he's hoping that you know he can help do what he needs to do to kind of, you know, get the Capitals over the hump and, and push them towards another deep run.
0: It, it's, it was funny because uh, I saw on social media reference to back in the day when an, a, another future Hall of Famer, uh, Sergey Fedorov, came to join the Capitals near the end of his career and maybe what that was like, you know, I, I don't think it's overstating it. Listen, I, I think in my book, Henrik Lundqvist is a future Hall of Famer. You mentioned his some of his accolades and awards. Uh, he is an iconic figure. He's one of the most beloved New York athletes, I think, pan sport, Right, he's he was a legend in New York, and it was really important for him, as I understand it, to stay in the Northeast uh, so he could be close to his family. Um, but he's going to come into a locker room with a lot of uh, you know high-profile, some future Hall of Famers, of course, starting with Alex Ovechkin. But he is his presence in that room, I think, is going to be really important, and maybe not just for Ilya Samsonov. Do you agree?
1: I, I do agree and i also think that because the capitals already have a bunch of stars you know like you mentioned ovechkin nicholas backstrom john carlson the list goes on uh you know Lunquist is going to walk into a room of guys who kind of look at him as as an equal you know like, like there's gonna be no awe i feel like when sergey fedorov as you mentioned a minute ago when he got to dc you know back in um 2007 at the deadline i believe it was uh 2007-2008 there was a little bit of awe. You know, everyone was like, oh, here comes Sergey in his Ferrari. You know, it was kind of like, you know, in his fancy clothes. There, there was a little bit of that. This, is, this isn't going to happen with, with Hank. I mean, you know, Hank is, uh, you know, a colorful personality who, you know, a good looking guy is going to, you know, uh, uh, you know, command respect and attention. But it's not, no one's going to feel threatened or, or otherwise in that room. They're going to see it as, hey, here's the guy who used to give us fits up the road in New York, and now he's on our side. Um, you know, welcome to the club, Hank.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting, of course, with Peter Laviolette uh, coming in as, as the head coach, uh, taking Todd Reardon's place. So it'll be a new coaching staff, or at least some of the staff will be different. It'll be a new structure, new system, um, obviously for Henrik Lundqvist, trying to fit in. What's your take on, because his numbers ha- haven't been great the last couple of years. He is 38 years old. Do you think playing in the system that Peter Laviolette is going to I- introduce to this team, that there's a potential for him see, that we see a bounce back in his level of play and that we see his numbers return to more Lundqvist-like numbers.
1: I mean, that's certainly the hope. I, I, you know, uh, I, I think that the Capitals did their due diligence, um, that they, they were comfortable enough, you know, even though he's 38, going to be 39 in March, they, they were comfortable enough with what people were telling them about his conditioning and, you know that there is some tire left on that tread uh you know he's he's not the you know, I watched him quite a bit last year you know he's he's not the guy who's you know nails on break uh, breakaways and is gonna you know win a shootout game for you because he's the the best player on the ice but I, I do think that if the capitals are able to address their defense, and uh, you know they already have by signing Brendan Dillon, but I think there's going to be another move made here in the next little while to to bolster the blue line. Um, and you know Laviolette's uh, more structured uh, system that he's going to bring uh, to DC. I I do think that's going to cut down on the shots against. I think it's going to sh- it's going to cut down on the um, the grade A chances against. That you know, let's be honest, Braden Holtby, his his skills declined a little bit, but a, but some of it was you know he was facing so many odd man breaks and so many shots from point blank range. I mean, the the Capitals were a mess defensively last year, especially in the second half of the season. So, you know, one of the reasons Lavillette was brought in was to kind of restore some of that structure and discipline. And And uh, I do think that Lundquist will will benefit from that. What I'm curious though of, Scott, is, you know, Lundquist, I'm sure, you know, when, when, he were, when the Capitals and he were, were discussing this deal, you know, they talked about role and, you know, how would you – would you be okay if Sam Sonoff is the number 1 like he's a proud man who's who's you know done a lot in his career <laughs> you know there, there's always going to be i think a little bit of that a little bit of that tension there uh that's going to be interesting to track and see how that plays out
0: yeah no well and i think you want someone on board, whether they're 38 or not, who wants to be in the net, right? And I think that's a healthy thing, and uh, I, I think it's good. I think it will be good for Samsonov, off, and um, it's going to be fascinating to see. It'll be certainly weird whenever training camp starts to see Henrik Lundqvist pull on that jersey. And, and just before we we let you go, um, this doesn't happen if Braden Holt be – isn't also on the move. And I would argue, and I know you've written about this, You know, one of the most important members of the Capitals franchise, I would argue, and certainly a man who was an integral part of the team's only Stanley Cup championship in 2018, uh, came off the bench to help run the table uh, for the Capitals, signing a two-year deal with the Vancouver Canucks uh, $4.3 million per year for two years for Braden Holtby to become a Canuck. Um, One of the interesting parts of that for me, Tarek, is uh, a no—he does not have any trade protection, uh, so he doesn't have a no-move clause, which allows— should they choose to do so, uh, the Vancouver Canucks to expose Brayden Holtby in next offseason's expansion draft when the Seattle Kraken will populate their roster and begin play in twenty one twenty two, How do you unpack Brayden Holtby, uh moving west to join the Vancouver Canucks where he'll play in tandem with the promising young netminder Thatcher Demko?
1: Well, I I think that uh, the decline in Braden's play, uh, especially his numbers, I was talking to some sources last night. Um, uh, There were a number of teams that were interested, but were also doing their due diligence to kind of see, you know, how much he had left and, and maybe what were the causes for that decline. I I think the last two years, um, you know, even though there was a Stanley Cup championship in there and D.C. will forever be grateful for that. He'll never have to buy a drink as long as he lives and is in Washington, D.C. and comes back. But I think there was some concern about his his numbers um, um, going going in the wrong direction. And, you know, some of the covid uncertainty, um, I, I think, you know, led to a short term deal. Um, for less money than he earned the last um, uh, five years in Washington, on average, um, I'm sure it was a little bit disappointing for him. But you know, I think it was the confluence of those two things: the the, the numbers going in the wrong direction, and the and just the the state of the world at the moment, uh, some of that uncertainty, um, you, you know, and also not getting the trade protection. You know, here's a player that I think a couple of years ago, when you were looking at the potential of becoming a free agent in 2020, you were thinking, ah, this guy's going to break the bank. You know this guy's going to get ten million dollars a year, uh, whether it's in Washington or elsewhere. And um, I, I think you know he got caught up in, uh, in you know, an unfortunate circumstance with regard to the, you know um, COVID. But also, you know, the, the last couple of years just haven't been the the type of uh, play that we had come to expect from Hopi from, you know, say 2014 to 2017 when, you know, he was winning 40 games every year and was, you know, breaking records and his name was getting thrown around with Ken Dryden and Martin Brodeur and, you know, all these other guys. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, it's pretty clear that he's not uh, 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 the guy who can carry a team anymore so you know I, I'll tell you this as as a, as a human as a person he was a joy to cover um yeah, yeah. you know he, he's a guy who, you never had to fish him out of the locker room um uh after a bad game he was always he would offer himself up to the PR staff and say hey that was on me I'll talk to everyone yeah, um yeah. that was always appreciated you know he did some stuff uh you know on the humanitarian side you know he was he was outspoken uh, in the community. You know, he leaned into social issues. He marched in the Pride Parade in D.C. So, you know, he, he meant a lot to this town. And you know, I think there are a lot of Caps fans that are that are sad today. But, yeah. you know, it's pro sports, man. It's, uh, it's not for the faint of heart, right?
0: True enough. Two quality human beings we discussed here today. Henrik Lundqvist, now in Washington. And Braden Holpe, now of Vancouver Canuck. Speaking of quality human beings, Tarek Al-Bashir of the Athletic DC. Yeoman work by you, too my gone, friend. Thank gone. you for joining our breaking news coverage. Go to the Athletics New Headlines section for much more on this story. And to get access to all of the athletics' great sports content, visit theathletic.com/slash news pod, where you can join for just one dollar per month.